Hi, we're the Celtic Tenors. I'm James Nelson. And I'm Daryl Simpson. And I'm Matthew Gilsonen. And you're listening to Follow Your Dream podcast with Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 199 countries. My name is Robert Miller, and I am your host. My guest today is Shane Mitchell, accordion player and a co-founder of Dervish, the award-winning traditional Irish folk band. In 2019, Dervish received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the BBC, and the band has been described by the BBC as an icon of Irish music. How about that? And in the middle of this episode, as I do with all my musician guests, we are going to do a song fest. I've asked Shane to pick out a few songs that are representative of Dervish, and we're going to play them, and we're going to talk about them. You're going to get the backstory, and nobody else does this in podcasts. And you also know by now that in every episode, I like to feature a song of mine underneath the introduction and at the end. And I always try to pick a song that in some way relates to my guest. And in this case, I have chosen the song Country Road. Excuse me, Country Drive. I got my own song wrong. From the album Trippin'. That's the album by my band Project Grand Slam that went to number one on Billboard. Why did I choose Country Drive? Well, when I think of Ireland, I think of the spectacular, lush countryside. And Shane told me that he lives in rural Ireland, and that's the same image that I had in mind when I wrote Country Drive. So I thought it fit. So Shane Mitchell, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast, baby. Thank you very much, Robert. It's great to be here. I'll tell you, you know, in doing my research on Dervish, I found out, of course, that you were formed in 1989. That's 33 years ago. Can you believe you're with the same band for 33 years? Yeah, um, same bunch of people. Uh, Well, we're actually together, I suppose. We grew up together, basically. We kind of found our paths in life. Your your theme of your podcast really does relate to my own story and um it's something that i've thought about over the years a lot you know we'd say the guys in the band and, and kathy like we knew each other long before our first album came out in 1989 and our our music kind of molded together then i suppose we, we we took we went different paths did you all grow up in the same town together is that it yeah we grew up the same town and uh brian is from dublin but he moved, moved to sligo Kathy was always around Sligo. Her sister lived there. We became friends, and f- for a period, then we 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 worked in in the with the settled communities. I say it now in the, in the real world. We had we had jobs. In, in um, Michael was works with British tele, worked with British Telecom. Liam was an engineer. I worked. I I was a, a traveler for a company, a salesperson. I had 
I had very much what many would regard as a great job and, you know, a steady job as the say in Ireland, but, you know, I wasn't happy there. And, you know, neither were the guys who are in London and in their various different jobs and Cathy, of course, as well. And uh, over a period of time, uh, well, I'll tell you what, 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 what sparked it off was we were well known as a group of musicians that used to play informally in pub sessions, jam sessions. And then a record company approached us to make an album of local music. And uh, it took off. It, it, we were getting suddenly we were getting inquiries from all over the world. And I, I, I was in a situation where I, had a, I bought a house, I had a mortgage. I had um company car, which was great. Wish I had it today sometimes. <laughs> so I had to take a big, dis- we kind of decided, the guys give- decided that we're going to move back from London to Ireland. And over a period of time, we, we, uh, we became professional. We didn't do it straight away. But in some ways, it was good to have, a di- you know, to be, have a foot in the other side of life before we started this. We, so we set up our own record company, which was very unusual at the time. And we took it from there. We kind of managed our own career, but there was there was absolutely no question about it. That was the best decision to this day of my life. So you all had day jobs. You're all doing other things. You're playing in pubs. You're doing weekend gigs. You're doing things like that. Yeah. You put out this record, and the next thing you know, you guys are superstars, huh? Well, I wouldn't say superstars. Uh, I, I'm not even sure whether I like the term. We're, we're just a b- bunch of musicians who who... I suppose you could say our vocation is 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 our is our Irish folk music. You know, we grew up with it. It was in our family. Um, there was a call there, Robert. You know, there was no question about it. There was a call. You know, and I was talking to a friend of mine recently in um, in America, and he, he was going through something similar at the moment. But we all, I I feel we all have a call. You know, we all have that vocation, that thing we're supposed to do. You know, and you know. I do say to my own sons, you know, they're talking to trying to figure out their life at this stage. They're teenagers. I do say, you know, if you don't get up in the morning and look forward to what you're doing, then you're in the wrong job. First of all, you have to have a strong passion for what you're doing. And there was no, no doubt about it. For me, the passion was always music, as I call it. It's my vocation now. And I'm, I feel so lucky, so privileged that I, I work with a great bunch of people who I'm very close to. We have a great, we've had a great life and it's continuing to grow all the time. It seems as, as the band get older, it seems to be getting more valuable or something. It's very strange. I have to say, it's quite remarkable that you've been together for 33 years. It's the same group, basically. Yes, is what you're it saying. is. There's, there's one change. Tom is the new guy. He's only there 22 years. <laughs> oh, he's, the, he's the kid. <laughs> He's the new kid on the block. So let me ask you this. You you mentioned about traditional Irish music. Explain for my audience, what exactly is traditional Irish music? Does it come out of the Gaelic side of Ireland? Is it international in scope? And how is it transmitted? I understand it's basically an oral tradition. Yeah, it's uh, oral and, you know, instrumental playing. Like, I mean, it's a very old, it's... It's it's the music of the Irish people. It represents the character of the Irish people, the, the fun, the darkness, the brightness. Um, you know, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot, huge amount of character in, in the music. And um, I suppose in the 50s and 60s, the Clancy brothers came from Ireland uh, to America. 
they got on the Ed Sullivan show, Bob Dylan discovered them. And then we'd say further on, you had the Chieftains and you had ourselves and Alton and different bands out there. And record company, specialist record companies set up, we'd say in the 80s and 90s to promote this music around the world. And it grew in popularity and it has a huge audience. And we, to answer your question, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it came from the houses before there was pub life. Just, just to tell you a, little, a wee story, like the area where I come from and the band come from is County Sligo. And in the 1920s, there was a bunch of, there was huge emigration, huge. There was nothing in Ireland. And, um, you know, the first known recordings of Irish music were made by Sligo fiddle players in exile in New York. And mainly um, a man called Michael Coleman, who was, who's regarded as the godfather of Irish music. And he made something like 80 albums on, on with, with labels like Decca and Columbia and that. And, you know, he was kind of like a superstar in New York City in his day. And he used to play for the Mayor's Ball and, and different, different things like that. And those records made their way back in 78 form. And my, my own grandmother, my own grandmother had the, some of these 78s in our house when I was growing up. But it caused revival in the plane of Irish music in the houses. And then the whole pub culture, I suppose, in I suppose in the 50s developed in Ireland. The music went into the pubs. And then you have so much different types of music now in Ireland. You know, it's a huge export. We have U2 and Riverdance and the Cranberries and Script. And it's an endless rotation of great music. So a lot of that started by those guys going to America in, 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 in the 20s. It influenced, uh, uh, we're kind of like Cuba. We're a kind of musical island, really, you know? I think it's so interesting that you're basically saying the Irish music was taken to New York City and then it was brought back to the, to the old country, if you will, where it caught on. Yes. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller. Live at Steel Stacks is the new five-song EP by my band, Project Grand Slam. It absolutely captures the band at the top of our game. Musicians and reviewers alike have praised the recording, saying things like captivating music, Project Grand Slam burns down the house, virtuoso musicians, and such a great band. You can stream live at Steel Stacks on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or any of the other streaming platforms. And you can download it from the PGS store. The links are all in the show notes to this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so yet. You can do so and you can listen to our 100 plus episodes just by going to our website, at followyourdreampodcast.com. So join me each episode as we go on a world tour to my listeners in 200 countries. I want to thank you for listening and keep on rocking. You know, I was in Ireland uh, first time about 20, 25 years ago. And the first thing that I remember about Irish music were all the bands that were playing, as you said, in the pubs. And it yep. seemed to be kind of informal, almost jam session type of things. Is that still a tradition that goes on in Ireland to this day? 
Oh, totally. In the town that I come from, uh, Sligo, like it's kind of one of the music capitals in, in Ireland, possibly the music capital. But um, like there was a survey that on one says there was 96 performances of Irish music per week. You know, it's only 25,000 people of a population. So that is just incredible. That's somebody did the stats. That's so much more than Nashville or Memphis or New Orleans per per head type of thing. But it's huge. It's just a way of life in Ireland. And, um, you know, I'm tonight, I, I'm actually going to a jam session. I had at one. I've been away for the summer at festivals with, with Dervish. So I'm going to a jam session, session tonight about five minutes away. And there'll be maybe about 10 musicians jamming there. I have a group of Spanish people visiting me at the moment. So I'm, I'm bringing them out for the night. So can anybody get involved in these jam sessions or do you have to be invited or what? No, it's a kind of an informal. The musicians' welcome is very much part and parcel of those kind of jam sessions. And so much grows out of those things. You know, I suppose the Irish are the great musical collaborators of the world. Like we just did a, an album called The Great Irish Songbook for Rounder Records. And we had we decided to do an album of the really old folk songs that were very popular, but kind of starting to go out of fashion. And we wanted to give them, a, you know, a facelift and reimagine the whole songs. And um, we decided we'd ring around a few people we knew and we like us on the label, the amount of closet Irish folk music fans out there, we were getting, we were getting letters and emails from the most well-known household names and all sorts of music. We ended up uh, having, I think it's 14 tracks and Vince Gill and David Gray and Melda May, Andrea Core. you know, there's loads of people that duetted with us on it and, yeah, Irish people are, are the great collaborators in music, really, it's fair to say, you know. And it comes from that jam, jam session culture. Well, listen, Shane, you just jumped the gun on me because you started to mention the album, and we were going to do that as part of our Songfest portion. So why don't we go to that now? And the first song that we're playing, this is called The May Morning Dew. Summer is coming, oh, summer. Well, you tell us who it features, because it features a well-known artist. Yeah, it features the great um, Rhiannon Giddens, who was living in Ireland at the time. I think she still is there, but she's wonderful. She's just won Grammys and all sorts of things, you know. So it's an old song. Um, we first heard that song from the singing of Dolores Keane from Cahirle Strand, County Galway. It's a very old song, it's a very beautiful song, but it's, it's, a new, it's a new version, but it's still the same old song that we always had. Rhiannon really does it justice here. Yeah, I thought it was a terrific song. And, it, you know, again, it, it's got that that flavor of Irish music is so distinctive. There's so many different nationalities with music where, you know, you hear two notes, three notes, and you know exactly where you're coming from. And I find the same thing with Irish music. It's just so well known when you hear it. And that's a spectacular song. Let's go to the second one on Raglan Road. This is the one that features Vince Gill. I saw the danger yet I had Along the enchanted way 
Tell us what it was like working with him and tell us about that record that you mentioned. Yeah, um, the Great Irish Song, first of all, Vince was just fantastic to work with. Like, I mean, he had it done in absolutely, in the blink of an eye. It was just astonishing how quick he did the song. Did he come over or did he do his part in the US? No, we did that one remotely. We did some in the studio and we did a lot remotely. Um, but, you know, we were we were in our studio in Sligo and Ireland, in Ireland and he was in his and we were interacting with each other and it was it was great he's he's a huge fan of Irish folk music and they were lovely people to work with it has to be said so it's just all part of this so what happened then was uh, we grew a stage show out of the Great Irish Song which we launched in the London Palladium in September 2019 and we're about to have a world tour of the Great Irish Song with guests and then the pandemic happened. So that was the end of that. So we're decided we're doing we're going to do another album down the road. It won't be for a while yet because we're in the middle of another project right now um, called The Great Irish Song Chapter Two. Okay. So it looks like it's going to run for a while anyways, the whole idea. So tell me, how, how did Vince Gill get involved with you in this uh, in this record? Well, I think he was friendly with the guys in Rounder and some of the guys in Rounder said said to him that this has happened. He said he'd love to be part of it. He was a big fan of the band, which we were delighted to hear about. And um, simple as that, really. So some of the other guests we knew from, like the Irish actor, Brendan Gleeson, you know, he he's a good singer and a good fiddle player. He had a holiday home close by where we live. And and he, he, he did a song. We knew Imelda May. Um, Andrea Corr that came from us and you know I mean we knew a lot of the people ourselves David Gray Vince Vince's end of things and the steel drivers came from the record company and uh, there is that great connection between Ireland and America with music anyways it's kind of hand in glove really isn't it it's true you know you mentioned before bands like U2 which is a whole different aspect of Irish music how do you relate or not to a band like that we Okay, I mean, no matter, like, I suppose the first big band out of Ireland was Thin Lizzy. I mean, and their first hit song, they were had they tried many songs. I was just looking at a documentary recently about them. And their first major hit was Whiskey in the Jar, which is a folk song. And if you listen to the, I'll go on to you two in a second, but uh, if you listen to, you know, the the way they play, the, 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 the lead guitar and the rhythm guitar, it's very, very closely knit and it's very, very closely associated with, with folk music. And, you know, I mean, who did the album sleeve notes, as we call them, or liner notes, I think you call them in America, yeah. but for the Great Irish Song, was the edge from you too. Like, he's a folk singer. Um, He often, we were told by a mutual friend that he often sang a folk song at a, at U2 shows. And uh, when we asked him to, to uh, he could, we asked him to sing on the album, but he couldn't do it because they were wearing the world tour. But uh he did the, the the sleeve notes and he did a lovely job. And, you know, they all connect in some way. I mean, it's the music of this land, you know, so <laughs> it's stuck to you someplace, you know. You know, in the U.S., I guess maybe the most well-known Irish band before the current ones was the Chieftains. You mentioned them earlier. Yeah, yeah. Great, old, great friends of ours. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about them. Are they still out there playing or what? Well... 
sadly, Paddy Maloney died last year. I think his anniversary is coming up, coming up about now. Uh, you know, Paddy Maloney was a powerhouse of in Irish folk music. He brought, he brought, he he single handedly he brought Irish music to a different level entirely. The chieftains, you know, they were huge ambassadors. Matt Malloy is one of our heroes, musicians. You know, Sean King, great musician. You know, the whole lot of them are great. And um, they're missed. Uh, last year now, when we went to America, like after the pandemic, there's no chieftains. And yes, the, you could feel that there was something missing. Yeah, they were a the fantastic band. They broke new ground. They were the first to do the big collaborations with Sting and Mick Jagger and all sorts of people. In fact, I just read in the papers there at the weekend that Chieftains have a new album out. At, um, and some of the um, Paddy's widow, Rita, did an interview and talked about their life. But yeah, they had a huge positive effect on Ireland. Never mind just Irish music. They were very positive for Ireland, you know. Okay, I got to ask you this question. One of the great instruments of Irish music is the penny whistle, which you don't find in any other music. Do you guys play with a penny whistle? Yeah, yeah. Liam is our penny whistler. Uh, he, he, um, he. It would be today. It would be called the tin whistle. Yeah, but it's it's um, yeah, it's the easiest instrument to carry around. Paddy Malone used to carry it around in his inside pocket and just whip it out when there was a party. You know, so um, yeah, it's it'll it'll be around for a long time. The penny whistle, as you call it. Glad to hear about that. All right, let's go to the third song. This is the Green Gowned Last. us a little bit about this one yeah this would be a typical instrumental set that you would hear at a jam session in ireland um particularly we we would play a particular type of music called the sligo style that was the style of music that those fiddlers in the 1920s played these tunes would be closely connected with that you know um dancing is very associated with irish music and these would be irish dance tunes uh, it starts off with two jigs and then it goes straight into two reels. There's a tempo change in the middle. So what what this this represents what you would hear in a typical jam session in Ireland, as I said. All right. And the last one we're going to listen to is the Boots of Spanish Leather. It's a live version. us about this one yeah i suppose i mentioned bob dylan earlier like and he you know he's strongly associated with irish music as well and and the clancy brothers and then we were listening to this song with some friends of ours one day boots of spanish leather and we decided we'd we'd, we'd 
do a version of it and it came out very well so we decided to uh, to put it on spirit or spirit album we have 14 albums and uh, i think that's on spirit yeah yeah it's a nice version kathy does it justice i think okay tell us a little bit about kathy because she's the voice of your group so tell us about her she's very much the you know driving force off the band um keeps us all in order and uh she's fabulous singer and um Kathy would have sang a lot of country music in the early days but she grew up in a, a house that sang Irish folk music the all all her family sang and um yeah I suppose when she met us it was just a very organic um connection and we she's been with us from the word go really well we had an instrumental album at the start, as I said, and then Kathy joined in 1992, about two years later. So she's um, the front woman and does a great job of it. Great, really good communicator as well. All right. So now it's it's more or less post-pandemic. You guys are back on the road. What's in the future for Dervish? Well, we're hoping to sign off on an enormous project this week, actually. And we're supposed to be going to America in in um, December to record. We have another Great Irish Songbook in the pipeline. At the moment, we're, we're, we're in rehearsal uh, mode and uh, we're putting together new music uh, for, for our next number of projects. So we've been pretty busy all summer and uh, uh, we did a lot of concerts that we should have done in the pandemic and we're doing our current stuff. So we're kind of from June to August, we're doing festivals right through all over the world. So now we're we're um, just focusing on rehearsing and, and tidying up some stuff, business we have to do and all that. But um, yeah, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline. We're developing, as I said, the Great Irish Songbook. Uh, we're going to um, hopefully go to America next year with the Great Irish Songbook. As I said, the, the whole tours that we had lined up for that all got postponed not really postponed they were cancelled because they were just too big to kind of reschedule and there's too many diaries involved but um yeah we hope to bring the great irish songbook keep growing that and it's a great fun it's, it's such a great we're doing, we're doing it for the first time in dublin in the national stadium uh, in on the 26th of uh january as part of temple bar trad fest so that's the great Irish songbook, and we'll have a whole range of guests. And it's great fun. It really and truly is a great fun project. And uh, it's you, you just when you collaborate with so many different artists, you learn so much, and you're so challenged. And it's really good for your own music. But the big part of it all, it's great fun, and that kind of reflects with the audience. Like every night we've done it, the audiences are all singing the songs, and it's just like one massive sing song, like you'd sing it here in an Irish bar. The nice thing is you've done the Great Irish Songbook one. Now you're doing two. You could probably do another ten of these. Okay, keep that going. Well, we probably will. We sort we have we have lots of music ideas. Um, you know, I'm I'm working a lot at the moment with voice as an accordion player. I have a project called Voice Box, and I'm working with some singers at the moment, uh, just creating the sound that would go along with Irish music in a sim similar way to guitars and bazooki so there's there's a project coming out soon i'm taking my time at it but it's, it's good fun you have to you have to keep evolving uh, uh, musically all the time that's where the real fun is i agree with you about that 
one of the nice things I've been doing recently is collaborating with others, other pretty famous musicians as well. And as you said, the uh, the back and forth, what you learn from doing that with other great musicians, it's just a wonderful experience. Yeah, totally and utterly. I mean, uh, you learn so much from these things, don't you? You bet. We have been speaking here with Shane Mitchell, who is a co-founder of Dervish, the great Irish traditional folk band. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. I thank you so much for being on the podcast with me, Shane. Thank you so much, Robert, and thanks for having me. And we're going to listen now to the song that started off the episode. It's my song called Country Drive. I got it right this time. I want to thank you for listening, and we will see you all in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com. <laughs>